Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. All right, Batavia, since it's so early in the morning and everybody's listening because you know how gardeners get up before the sun. Mm-hmm. What, what is a high value crop? Wait, I think I may have slurred a little bit. A high value crop. <laughs> Uh, it's one that you're going to get more from. It's going to be a high producer uh, and there should be some cost to harvest benefit. Yeah. Right. You know, um, if you if you put yourself in the mind of how much does it cost to grow this thing, it costs little, but perhaps it, the price to purchase it is much higher. Yeah. You know, well. So this is the spring edition of high value crops, just so everybody knows. Um, (laughs) There's a reason why this has been on top of mind for me. And one of the reasons is I think a lot of people and myself included started a garden thinking I'm going to totally offset everything and it's going to be cheaper for me to grow my food than to go buy it. And sometimes that's just not the case, but as I've learned through either the cost at the store or the poundage you get, there is an actual high value crop and there is a way to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Would you agree or disagree with that? I think I'd agree. Okay. Well, welcome to the debate club, everybody. So sick. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, no. So, I mean, this is going to be us talking about the high value crops for spring. And it's funny because spring is actually a difficult one, if I think about it, for high value stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I, th- I think that um, weather is just still generally unpredictable as you come into spring. Yeah. Right. Um, and obviously that has a direct impact on how well those crops do, high value or otherwise. What's the temperature at your house today? Oh, it's about 30... Five degrees with oh. a high of 37. We get to two more degrees, baby. You're going to hate me. Uh, no, wait, hold on. I'm not because I already know what your weather is. Ah, oh, good gosh. <laughs> I was in Florida. What is so it? For, what is it? First of all, everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat. Well, yeah, it's 75 degrees Fahrenheit uh, in North Carolina, where my buddy Ben is. Uh, so I was in Florida this past weekend. And for those that are new, I'm from Chicago. I live in Chicago. So I was visiting in Florida and I pulled up. We were talking about kind of like where's ideal to live weather wise. And so I pulled up my weather app to show my weather in Florida. Excuse me, my weather in Chicago compared to where we were in Florida and your town was in the list. And the person next to me was like, well, gosh, I hate to be there. So this is like nine o'clock at night. It was like 30 something degrees. So then I pulled up and say, but wait, look at the rest of the week for him. Yeah. So this is the week that we're looking at that we're in right now. Yeah, it's yo-yo heartbreak season full force. And that's what adds into the high value crop portion, though, for spring is because some things are notoriously difficult to mm-hmm. grow when you have high fluctuating temperatures, sometimes of like in my case, 40 degrees in a day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and in your case, I mean, 
what is it, five degrees? Yeah, yeah. Which well, makes I mean, it easier. Week, yeah, within a week we could drop, you know, bounce from, you know, 60 to 40. Yeah. Um, which I still think is a pretty big sway, even if you look at a high, you know, forget that the temperature can drop 15 degrees in a day as a normal kind of thing. Um, so I'm looking at your high for the week is going to be 80 degrees. And then before you wrap up the week, you're going to get down to 60 degrees as a high. And that's, I mean, that's yo-yo season at its best yeah. um, or worst. <clears throat> so, you know, and Batavia, she keeps the receipts She's got all the pictures of the produce at the grocery mm-hmm, store. Mm-hmm. She knows way better than I do. But I'm going to go ahead and say that my first one is is cabbage. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be a high value crop. And just simply because of the poundage yeah. that you can get from it. Because that's something that we have to consider in all of this is ease of grow, poundage, and cost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think those are the fair um, stipulations to put in place. So I don't, I'm not going to agree or disagree with you, but I am going to point out a note. Okay, Switzerland, uh, go and, ahead. Yeah, maybe why <laughs> it, it didn't make my number one. And I know you're not just saying this is like your top, top, top. No, 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 definitely but not. The time it takes to get from plant cabbage yeah. seedlings to like harvest cabbage seedlings, or excuse me, harvest the cabbage head. I mean, what's that, two and a half months or something? Like 75, well, 80 days on the short end. My package said 65 days, but I call boo-boo mm-hmm. on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're right. And that is something to keep in mind. But when I look into the grand scheme of things for it, I feel like it makes sense because it can be in the ground so much earlier. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can put it in the ground when not, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't really get in. So I feel like it kind of works itself out. Yeah, I was just thinking back. Technically, I um, planted cabbage towards the middle of spring, closer to the end of spring last year. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. It was no middle of spring. It was like the end of April. And I harvested my cabbage late. Like I was well into summer by the time I harvested them. And planting, you know, at the end of April, you are going to be like right at summer, you know, yeah. no matter if, if they actually produce a head, which they did. Um, I do like the idea of, you know, when it comes to volume, again, which makes in part, you know, high cr- uh, value crops, uh, you could have a whole garden bed of cabbage. You could have multiple garden beds of cabbage. You can. Right. You know, if you have the room to grow them. Um, so, OK, I can go with you for. You dig? For cabbage. Yeah. And I'm going I- with you. I'm not saying that it's on my list. And yeah. Well, <laughs> it doesn't have to be on your list, but your list can change as mine can, too. Yeah. Well, what's on your list? So my uh, first that we're going to tackle is kale and kale of any variety. So I'm going to go ahead and stop you from adding kale, you know, a particular variety on it. No. And it's high value just based on all the screenshots I have and in the time I spend in grocery stores, starting with the price point in grocery stores. I mean, you're buying like a bundle of kale, which may have six or seven, you know, if that maybe more like four or five stalks of kale bagged kale could be, you know, maybe a better price point per ounce or whatever. Right. Um, and it's a good season to grow it in kale in the spring, as well as going back to the fall. Um, and I really think like just seed to harvest. You obviously also have an opportunity to do cut and come again for kale. Yeah. So it continues to give and you can harvest it young or you can wait until it gets more mature. Um, and there are a bunch of different applications for it, you know, depending on your eating habits, you know, so, use it in smoothies. You can, you know, obviously saute it. Yeah. There's it a soups. lot of ways to use mm-hmm. it. So my question to you would be, is all cut and come again considered a high value crop for you without going into any names? No. Okay. That's Be- a really good question, though. It is because it, it's, it's I, I love this word. It's sexy to think about, though, because you can just keep coming back and coming back and mm-hmm, coming back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get I see so many people like kale trees in their garden and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And it is, man, it, man, that makes my cabbage look weak. <laughs> I have to start this show over. But well, depending on where you're located as well, you know, some folks are keeping kale plants from season to season. Well, yeah, know? that's true, too. Could you imagine just growing kale for like three or four seasons straight? It's so hard for me to wrap my head around that, even though I do have some things, a few things that are perennial. It's really hard for me to wrap my head around that. 
Yeah, like I know, and this is totally off subject, but I know people who've had the same eggplant in the garden for like four years. <laughs> Could you? I mean, it's just it's crazy. But no, kale is a really good one because you're right, and you can pack it so close to each other. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, it's one per square foot, or no, it's two per square foot, I believe. I put one per square foot myself, but um, that's something that you can really get in there and work. And if you're if you're packing it in tight. Man, you got my juices flowing on that one. <laughs> if you pack it in tight, the trick with it, like if you put multiple in a square foot, is you trim one every square yep. foot and leave yep. the other one behind. And that's, I think that's what a lot of misunderstanding comes in with that kind of stuff is like, I'm going to treat this square foot as if it were one plant. And that's not really how it works. So, <laughs> you know, it's like I just did that in my greenhouse with something else, but it's like I cleared out every other one. So I could have light get through and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. kale is a solid one. And it's it's hardy, boy. Yeah, absolutely. It's hardy. Great for the, the spring. If you get it in early enough and get it to, to growing, you know, you could limit the amount of pests that, you know, may attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of not just it being cut and come again, but it being um, in, edible and enjoyable really at a young state. You know, yeah. so to your point, when it comes to how close you can put them together. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about like baby kale and stuff like that. I'm I know. I know. I'm looking at the baby <laughs> kale and I know you're just shaking your head. Yeah. But um, no, you're exactly right. And it's like I had um, the other I planted one row of kale um, and I, I posted on my local Facebook that like hey come buy some seedlings whatever and somebody messaged me like do you sell the leaves the actual like (laughs) produce Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i answered her and i said no and then the next day i was walking out there and i looked at it and i said you know what i was like i could totally give her a bundle of kale like no issues Mm -hmm, and i messaged mm -hmm. back and i was like give me a couple weeks i'll hit you up you know what i mean Mm because there's just no way that i'm going to eat that much especially if i'm cutting and coming again Mm -hmm, so it it mm -hmm. kind of makes sense when you think about it that way it took me a while because at first i was like how dare she ask me to sell her produce and i was like never mind it makes total sense especially when you plan it like this so yeah that's a good one um and now all of these things that we're talking about too doesn't necessarily i mean more than likely I'm going to be growing what I say, but there could be a possibility where I'm not or mm-hmm. I'm not completely successful with what I'm growing, but I'm working towards it. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Brussels sprouts. Here we come. <laughs> so for us, if I could grow Brussels sprouts the way I've seen other people do it, it would totally be a high value crop for me. Yeah, I am not able to do that just yet, but I am getting closer by the day, everybody. So it is happening, but I've seen Brussels sprout stocks. I've bought them at the stores before where they're three feet long and they're full of Brussels sprouts. Totally a high value crop, if you ask me personally. I agree. I think, you know, the volume and then again, grocery store price availability, you know, so like I'm, I'm in the streets. I'm in the grocery store streets. So I'm out there and to see fresh Brussels sprouts. It's kind of a rarity. Yeah. Right. You know, I know some of it tends to be, you know, who's buying what at that particular market and so on. I mean, obviously you can always buy, you know, and even out of season frozen Brussels sprouts, but to get them fresh and fresh on the stock, I mean, you're paying a premium. You'll never believe where I bought them from either. BJ's like a Sam's club type situation. Yeah. Yeah, That's Uh how they had them. And I was like, Oh, this was years ago. I was like, this is how they grow. Holy crap, you know? <laughs> but I mean, on that stock, there were so many yeah. Brussels sprouts that it made sense. And and here goes another factor is we eat a lot of them. So it kind of, you know, it would make sense. Now, that being said, I have not been totally successful with it. So shame on me. But as I work towards that, I can totally envision that being a high value crop. So is that if you when you have them, you eat a lot of them or are you continually buying them because that's a, a favorite, a fan favorite of y'all? We continually buy them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We eat Brussels sprouts two to three times a week, probably. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. Which kind of they're hardy, too, when it comes to, you know, the roughage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're cold. not hardy. I mean, they're hardy when it comes to the weather as well. Um, hardy versus, you know. All right. So for me, and this is going to be controversial, I know. 
and I'm not folding in kind of, you know, size and space, but I've been checking recently and I think broccoli has become a high value crop for me. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking back and I don't have a, a picture because I just refuse to even go near the area. It's something like organic broccoli is like actually not even organic. If I go to my local store, I've seen broccoli like two twenty nine, two sixty nine a pound. And when you think about the girth of broccoli, I mean, you're not coming out of there without paying six pounds or six dollars for some broccoli. Um, now, you can probably get it at, you know, your really big box grocery stores for a little bit, you know, less. But good grief. Man, I think we need mm-hmm. to take this to the uh, gardening Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Judge Mathis and Judge Judy presiding. <laughs> um, you know, I was hoping you wouldn't say it because I didn't even yeah. want to think about it. Yeah. And I know the side shoot crews out there and they're screaming, but the side shoots. Mm-hmm. I no, get wait, it. wait, no. They are being trampled by you know you can eat the leaves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna commit, dang it. I'm going I did this like two years ago and I think I had waited for the leaves to get, you know, they were too mature because they were kind of tough. Um, uh, like really, 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 really tough. So I'm going to see if I can taste some of those leaves younger because, I mean, maybe I am missing out. But, you know, the leaf eating crew is tough because they're exactly right. Mm -hmm. You can eat them, but I just don't do it like sweet potato leaves. I don't eat them. I don't care. I want my sweet potatoes. (laughs) You know, the broccoli leaves. Well, first of all, I did it one year for a whole year. Didn't even know I was eating. I thought I was eating collards. That's a different story. Um, And the whole time we're eating, I'm like, man, these taste funny. These, it's different, but it wasn't horrible. So look, I got the T-shirt on that one, everybody. Um, no, you know, I can see that the only problem I have with it, aside from the side shoot crew and all that stuff, is just the one head production. That's the only problem I have with it. And I can tell you that I'm skewed on that, though, because I had for a couple years now, I've had Waltham broccoli Seeds, mm-hmm. I had I, somehow I acquired like five packets of it. So I was just going to keep growing it, keep growing it. And, you know, I thought I mentioned in a YouTube video this year, I'm like, I'm finally out of them. Well, I'm not out of them. I still got a pack. <laughs> but I had grew some Calbrese broccoli along with them last year, and the heads were like twice as big. So variety counts in this this one here. I'm going to, I have to say that I know for kale and stuff like that, and you had a valid point, but I think for broccoli, in my experience, the variety definitely counts because the Waltham broccoli, while it is definitely, and this is a, a broccoli seed you can get anywhere, it's definitely a smaller plant, but the heads, I've never gotten a grocery store size head of broccoli. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, um, I was just, I'm still working through my, garden plan and part of it's all of the things it's the weather it's the timing so if I could get broccoli out early enough and I'm having trouble with getting them started by seed so I may need to purchase some you know I the place that I put um, my sunflowers along the fence it's like a like 15 inch wide space but it goes like 16 feet long that could be a really good spot of just having like quite literally, I'd have to put some type of um, netting or cover over it just because so many things crawl through that space. Mm-hmm. Just for my preference. You're talking about mammals. Really, yeah, mammals. Exactly. Yeah. Human beings too, depending on how well, they yeah. are. Um, <laughs> so it could be a really nice space of like, otherwise I wouldn't do anything with it until I'm ready to plant sunflower seeds. So if I get out there early enough, Again, this isn't something that I want to maintain as far as a plant all throughout the growing season. Get them planted, grown. Um, I could even probably, if I wanted to, plant sunflower seeds, that the actual seeds, direct sow in between. But I would hope that I would probably be done with the broccoli by the time I'm ready to plant sunflower seeds, which is really up to you. For me, even with a shorter season than some, I could still put sunflower seeds in like sometime mid-July, excuse me, mid-June, late June. And they could still get to size. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking outside of the, that's a lot of space to dedicate if I want to get six, 10 heads or plants in my garden. I mean, that's like two garden beds or something for me. Well, I don't know. If I want to give up that space. Can we put an asterisk next to broccoli? I'm just not prepared to go back on my rant last year. 
I'm just not prepared. But I, I get where you're coming from from that. Um, I think and see the good thing about broccoli along with cabbage is it's one per square foot and you're done. And, you know, and you can almost roughly time out how long before you need to harvest it. Or you can harvest it a little early if it's like, hey, I need to plant my sunflowers in its place. Let me go ahead and get the smaller head of broccoli. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, on, I'm on board with it, but I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. It makes me sweat a little bit. Yeah, I think you're I think it's variety. I don't have a bunch of experience with changing or testing out different varieties but there's to be said some early producing varieties there's yeah. some to be said that may produce smaller heads they're more compact so that the concept would be you'd get to you know the harvest size quicker mm-hmm. you know so i mean i think there are a couple of things you can do to play around with it i've never heard anyone not that i've listened to everyone has talked about it i've not really heard anyone comment on oh this variety tastes much better than the other you know, so that could be a benefit if, if there really isn't that big of a variance when it comes to flavor. The only thing I've heard about that with is like rom- Romanesco. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Um, I'm not seen sure. It, it looks yeah. crazy. Um, I've heard that tastes different, but I wonder what the people at the grocery store grow, like what variety that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there one called Green Giant? <laughs> no, that's the damn, that's the dude with the green beans. Never mind. There it is. There it is. Well, here's one that I don't grow at all. And I'm ashamed of myself for not growing it is asparagus. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a perennial. It The downfall is it takes, what is it, a year or two before you actually start getting a harvest? So yeah. that is a downfall. Depends on the age of the, the root, the um, crown. What do you call them? Hmm? The crown. I'm not sure if that's what they call them. I can't think of what they call them, but whatever the plant is that you buy, the crown. Yeah, thank you. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't hear you. I'm like, I'm not sure oh. if he's saying the right thing. Yeah, the age of the crown, like you can buy two-year or three-year-old crown, so then you'd be able to kind of harvest in the if you buy a two-year-old in the third year and so on and so forth. But yeah, there definitely is a waiting game. But it's probably, if you think about it, one of the highest producers, period, the highest values, value, I should say. You want to talk about expensive, well, yeah, there's that expense, but then you're, I mean, it could be for your lifetime. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a, but. if there's like a, uh, a life cycle for them, but from what I understand, they, they keep producing. Um, the only reason why I haven't is just straight up because I'm like, I'm not dedicated enough to say like, hey, this is my, my, asparagus bed and not only am i going to plant it but i'm going to wait a couple years so mm-hmm. unfortunately i may never grow asparagus that is kind of an issue that i have um but i can totally see that being a high value crop it's a one-time purchase that keeps coming again and not only that but it spreads right you know it's funny as soon as i finally settle down in all of these years to plant asparagus i'm already the second year after thinking about oh shoot i should plant this i should actually move it oh really yeah i'm still not sure if i am don't do it don't mess it up i know stay strong to the game (laughs) so um but yeah asparagus can be very expensive and the thing about asparagus too is there's multiple you can eat it like some people like the small thinner asparagus some people like the thicker asparagus you know so there's all kinds of ways you can do it I'm not sure how much one crown produces. Um, I guess we'll find out this year, hopefully, from mm-hmm. Batavia. No, I think it's probably next year for me it would be. I'll have to look back. Maybe I bought two-year-old crowns because if I did, it technically should be this year. Well, then everybody should just subscribe to us and stay mm-hmm. tuned until we get that answer. Because <laughs> I don't care enough to Google it, but I do know that I have seen beds that are producing regular amounts of asparagus on a regular basis. So Yeah. And is it one spear per, like, well, you don't know how many a crown, but if, let's say a crown does one spear. Is it just one time you get it, or does it keep coming throughout the season? No, I think that a crown produces multiple times throughout that season, and, and I, it's, I'm certain it's not one crown, one spear. Um, it's more than that. Yeah. Um, I just don't have the quantity. Because there's some things, like if you go to sellers where they say, this is how many you should plant per family member and things of that nature. Um, and there is the bit about asparagus, just like some of these other things, though. But there's a season that it produces, right? So it's kind of early 
to mid, maybe to late spring, you know, maybe early summer. Yeah. But you're not getting asparagus in July or August, you right. know, if your summer but see, that's, is July and August. That's where I feel that people should tailor their eating habits to the season. You know what I mean? And just know like, hey, I'm going to eat a lot of asparagus during this time and then I'm not going to have any for a while. And then I'm going to eat a lot of Brussels sprouts during this time and then I'm not going to have any. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like right now, like I'm sick and tired of eating oranges. Like if I eat another orange, I might literally get sick, but I'm going to keep doing it because I know that there's going to be months where I'm not going to get any of it. So it'll be a distant memory. So, you know, and so asparagus in particular, I mean, it has to be one of the most expensive things that, you know, we're growing that... If you're buying it anywhere at the farmer's market or the grocery store, like there is a real price to pay. Yeah. So it just takes patience, everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was that on your list? You know, when I started off with um, kale was strong, but when I came up with broccoli, I said to myself, if he doesn't pick it, I'm going to choose asparagus. So, yes, it was <laughs> on my list. It was on and your, was on your long list. Yeah. No, no. It was going to be... I got excited about kind of, you know, throwing broccoli back in your face. You see what happens? Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. I know you yeah. did. That's how, why we have what's, such a good friendship. Saying? God don't like ugly. You see, I'm out here trying to do no good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it bites me. So the next one on my list, despite some of my woes, um, it's potatoes. Oh, man. Potatoes! You know... I have a, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not convinced yet, but I could lean either way on that one. I would say it could be a high value crop if you in turn are able to get the production that you desire. And the big asterisk is, I wouldn't have said this four years ago, just based on increased pricing, you know, for some of these items. Yeah. Right? No, you're exactly right. Um, I'm trying to think. I know, like, if you put one seed potato and you get multiple potatoes, but mm-hmm. I think it comes down to the care of the potato that you give it while you're growing it, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's really important, you know, whereas, like, there's some things like, um, I don't know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, where you don't really have to do anything, you just grow it, yep. and it's not very finicky, but as far as nutrient-wise go, like, potatoes take a different type of nutrient, and you need to understand that to maximize that growth. And then I think you break into the, yes, it is worth it territory. Now, not only that, but if you're saving your seed potatoes and stuff, I could totally see that being mm-hmm. like one of the highest value crops there is. So I think that if you look back on our cabbage, kale, broccoli, asparagus, and now potatoes, if you do a carte blanche, assuming that they produce to the expectation Right. You know, I think if you put that line, I I think we got to call out like some of the woes, you know, but there's some things that could still produce to the expectation of that particular crop and not be high value. Yeah, um, I do. I think you're spot on, you know, I've, for these last years have been bouncing back and forth on potatoes, which is one of my favorite foods, period. Um, and if it's worth it and it's become more worth it for me moving beyond kind of my love for them just based on the expense um you know three pound bag five pound bag in the grocery store and what it costs um but i think last year was the beginning of realizing how much the gardener impacts the growth of potatoes yeah you know so how did you learn that well that's the hard part and it's it's not just what i experienced um comparing my um, container harvest to my um, raised bed harvest. It did play a pretty big role in it. I do think that the growth of potatoes can be really deceiving. I've never had white potatoes not look great when it comes to, um, you know, leaves and stems and things. That very first year I had something like a Colorado beetle, you know, but other than that, and even still, you know, everything looked healthy and green, you know, until it started to die back. That's the part that's hard about some of those roots. But still, it, it makes you think whatever you're doing, you're doing right. Yeah. And you kind of don't know that maybe you haven't been. When it comes to, you get um, watering consistently is the ding. And, um, and I'd prefer not to grow things that require a lot of 
fertilization, but it's hard to fight the potato love. I know. That guy drives by every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same person, isn't it? That's a car, not even a motorcycle. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Poor guy. He needs a muffler bad. <laughs> but yeah, it's I not mean, gonna pass his emissions test. That's pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to give it the right amount of nutrients. So you know, lower nitrogen. Um, you don't want to water them too much because they can rot. So there's the ease isn't there, but the benefits could easily be there for that. So mm-hmm. I give that one, a, you know, a one and a half thumbs up on that one. I think I'm not, I'm, I'm cool with it. I don't, I don't see where, you know, my thought process in the past was like, Hey, I can get a 10 pound bag of tomato or potatoes for $2. And now it's basically a dollar a pound, roughly. Mm-hmm. Now there was a period this winter where it was a dollar for a 10 pound bag. And you better believe that we bought a couple 10 pound bags. Don't know hey, what I happened, guess you did. but um, I can tell you this is probably a good sign that it's going to be more expensive next year. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, my allergies. <clears throat> so, okay, yeah, there? potatoes. You're not going to like this one. <laughs> Lettuce. You shook your head. You got to verbalize that. How bad do you not agree with that one? I mean, I think that I'm going to go all in and say not at all. And then I'm going to listen to what you say and maybe be, you know, nudged a little bit back to it when you asked earlier is there a cut and come again crop that isn't a high value that's crop? i know you knew that i and that's why you said don't say it i know you knew that i was thinking lettuce exactly uh, and i'm a lover of lettuce i enjoy it i grow a lot of it primarily because it grows so well for me um you know in the cooler months um and, you know, it's it ain't cheap at the grocery stores either. So, well, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying. It's kinda. not that it's not cheap. First of all, when you get it at the grocery store, it's never a full head of lettuce like you would get out of your garden, first of all. First and foremost, that's let's get that one out of the way. You know, I mean, like my wife, she's been buying like, um, well, she was until recently. We started harvesting lettuce finally, but. She was getting like the three packs of romaine heads. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's like you have to use two heads to make a, you know, a decent salad where we're getting one head out of the garden now and we're making a salad. So there's that. But the other thing, too, that I factored into this and you kind of triggered it with your last thing about like how the price has gone up. But in the past three years, how many times has lettuce been recalled Come on. for Come different on poisonings? Mm-hmm. So if you think about that. Now it becomes a higher value crop because I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, for the past three Thanksgivings, ain't nobody else around me eating lettuce but me because I'm the (laughs) one growing it. And I got people coming to my house asking me for a head of lettuce because I can't get it at the store because they're getting listeria from it. So that in itself has the ability to make anything a high value crop. And as much as I hate to say lettuce... I thoroughly believe that lettuce can very well be a high value crop if you plant it appropriately and pack it tight and don't eat baby lettuce. I didn't know we were doing this, but since you did it with the broccoli, I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and add an asterisk to it. I do think, though, so availability, safety, Ray, that's really key. Um, And it's I think generally there is this concept of don't know if I can trust what's in the stores. Although most times when people say that they're still eating something from the store, yeah, you know, I'd prefer to grow it myself and I don't, I don't necessarily operate day to day. Like, Oh, if it's in the store, I don't know if I could, sh- I should be eating it. Right. You know, um, like it may be packed with salmonella. I don't know. Right. Um, but recalls are recalls and now it's not even like breaking news anymore it's just kind of like you know all right it's the season yeah lettuce is recalled again good luck everybody yeah yeah um i do every time i uh, buy the package because i do the same thing like the three package of romaines and you're exactly right i'm like where do they what what, where the rest of romaine go who do they give it to are they selling this separately they're eating it while they're working in the field or something i don't know what's going on (laughs) but it's just it's pitiful so Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i think you get I'm going to go on a limb and say, if I grow my own romaine, one head of the romaine that I harvest is almost equivalent to the three pack that they have. And if you think about it, you can pack four lettuce plants into a square foot. So it's not taking up a lot of space. Then I don't do cut and come again. A lot of people do. 
but I just cut the whole head and then I replant right behind it. So you can be doing that as well. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different ways. Not to mention that you don't have to wait for it to get to a certain size. Just like your kale, you can harvest that head of lettuce whenever you want, whenever you need it. I would recommend letting it get a little bit of size, but that's totally up to you. So there is that. Now, the downfall behind it is, in my area, lettuce is finicky as hell with temperature. Like, it'll bolt, Mm -hmm. I mean, quick. I'd be blinking my eyes and it's already got flowers on it. So there is this, that. I was just going to say that um, I'm still, I still have an asterisk by it, but like, I think lettuce is probably, you're going to get more seeds per pack for yes. lettuce than anything else. Right. Um, and the seed package can last year over year. Like the germination rate from what I've seen will decrease as they get older, but it's not like, you know, your onion seeds or you get one shot at it. Um, And so it really makes for an opportunity to, you know, even if you go back to, we haven't gotten to the crop yet. You can split, you know how many times you can split lettuce seeds, a package of lettuce seeds with friends, Mm -hmm. Um, how many you can grow to any particular size. I mean, I don't know. Googling lettuce farm in Chicago. Yeah. I actually misplaced a package of lettuce seeds and I'm highly upset about it. I have, I really like now is the time to find it. Mm -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it made me a little uncomfortable to want to say lettuce because I know everybody's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a dollar a head, whatever. But if I think about all the times it's been recalled, I really do think that it's it, that automatically makes it gold. You know, if you can't find it, all of a sudden you got something worth a lot of money. So yeah. availability is everything. That, I think that um, in addition to price per, I mean... Lettuce is generally something I try to buy or when I buy from the grocery store, buy as organic. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't buy every vegetable, um, you know, the organic version of it. But that's something I really try to. And there is an additional expense, like most things when it comes to, you know, buying organically. Um, I mean, it's again, it's something to be said about it. Obviously, they're not like millions of applications, but depending on your household, you could be adding a lot of it to sandwiches. You could be making a lot of salads. Um, and there's also some bit of like, even with waste, <laughs> even if you, there's some waste in your garden with lettuce, I think you're still coming ahead a, a, a head many, many times over. Yeah. You get it? I get, I get it. I get it. It was cheesy, but I got it. <laughs> hey, look, my wife gave, sent me a joke the other day. I want to tell you real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, how does a farmer get the party started? I don't know. How does a farmer get the party started? He turn ups the beats. <laughs> it was too it was too good. I was like, man, I was trying not to tell a joke, but all right, what's your last one before we move on to our honorable mentions? I don't think I have a last one. I think it's three you, three me, but I'll take it. I'll lead in with for the reasons you described lettuce, spinach. And I'm only folding in spinach based on kind of the uh, availability, the recalls. Um, There are a bunch of notes around like how much you really have to grow. If you eat it fresh, you're definitely, I feel like it's a high value crop. If you're cooking it, oh, well. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, (laughs) though. Just in the preparation changes that completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Changes what it means to you and your garden. I think, um, I mean, that's, I don't. I'm trying to think of like if there are any other uh, vegetables, obviously anything that wilts. Right. There's a significant shift. Yeah. Um, But but like kale wilts, collards wilt and they they, it doesn't they don't wilt the same, though. You know what I mean? I feel like we need to bring back the um, the you should grow this because we need to do spinach again and figure out if it's an alien crop. Like it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Right. (laughs) It's like just it's a little bit more durable than lettuce, clearly, uh, but it doesn't have the fighting power of any other green. I can't believe you didn't say collards through all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too easy, though, isn't it? It's too on the nose for me. Hey, you know what, though? It's 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 your life. You know what I mean? It's yeah, your garden. Yeah. And that's what we try to say all the time. It doesn't like just because we say it's high, high value, high value doesn't mean that it's for everybody. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know that I would change looking at um the ones that I listed, mine were kale, um, broccoli, and potatoes. I'm not sure if I put collards ahead of those. 
I got and one. obviously it's one of the it is a high value crop for me. Um, but when it comes to the way that I eat it, you know, it's kind of a one shot deal. Yeah. And for the generally. listeners, too, it doesn't mean it's a high value crop for them either. No, just no. because you like it. So my last and final one is going to be snow peas. <laughs> um, I mean, it's amazing what five snow pea plants will give you. You go to the store. They're over mature. They're overpriced. You know, I think last time we saw them, they were like five, six dollars a pound. And I mean, <clears throat> I can get that a pound almost every two days off of my plants when they are really producing. Um, now, that being said, I may have missed my window. I had a little mm-hmm. foobar in my plan this year. Mm. So that was an issue. But I think it's a really high value. The only reason why it's not is because there's just not a lot of ways to cook it, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that my opinion's right. But I feel like when I think about how to cook it, I really only know how to cook it one way. And that's just sauteing it. Now, I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoy it that way. Yeah. But... There could be more to that. So, but in a pure price to poundage grown, I think that that's one of the higher volume crops. Not to mention you can plant it way early. I mean, it's not called mm-hmm. snow peas for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, I think well said. I'm, I'm not going to add an asterisk. I just don't necessarily agree. But I do think that snow peas are absolutely. Um, there's something about like the garden, like when you put, you know, a couple of those pods into a skillet and that green color kind yep. of sp- like brightens up. There's something about like kind of farm to table, garden the table that it screams. Um, so I definitely can appreciate it for that reason. Now, before we move on to our honorable mentions, which there are a few of, I do want to say you probably are realizing if you're listening to this that. Some of this takes intensive plant planning Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, if you're talking about like square footage and how many to put in. And I know that they're a sponsor of the show, but the planter app really does help with that because it's a visual reference, you know, computer generated where you don't use a notebook like I do or I did. (laughs) I don't use my notebook as much anymore, but it really does help with that. So keep that in mind. Um, there's a discount code below that will help. And I use it throughout all the seasons because when you start doing intensive planting like that and you're like, okay, four per square foot, this many rows, it helps you to be able to see and count how many heads of lettuce you can get out of an eight foot row. Mm -hmm. Because generally speaking, if I can put four heads of lettuce in an eight foot row, that means that I can get, 32 heads of lettuce out of one row and I have 24 square foot beds. So I have four rows of eight feet. So, you you know, you don't really realize how much you can put into this with, you know, so having a visual reference really does help with that. Um, I think it, it could also help with like, so I was showing young Ben here, my, um, my brassica start surprise. I'll just leave it at. I'm gonna tease tease that one. Tease and it. And I've been looking. Yeah, I've been looking at it, and it's like I have four plants in this. You know, I think only four of them came up, or maybe they're even five. And my immediate reaction is like, oh, I'm so glad that I have planted. I started more. They're younger, but that four of those. All right, spoilers over. Four kale plants. That's enough for me. You yeah. know, the reality is, I mean, I could grow more. And again, just some of the tricks we talked about when it comes to managing it, you know, sub that in for some other instead of growing some other brassicas, like maybe I won't grow cauliflower this year. And instead, I'll put more kale plants in. But it's very easy to for me get caught into the trap of just because I was able to start those you know, without issue. Now I want to start a whole bunch of them. That's the trap I'm in every year for lettuce. So if I can yeah. look at it on like an app, if I can look at it on screen, it starts to pull, let me pull back and say, all right, yeah, like 12 is far too many, girl. Yeah. <laughs> then it depends on why you're starting them. You know, like I started them to sell so I can use that as well to help people and say, like, you know, when they come to me and they're like, well, I want some lettuce. I'm like, well, how much space do you have? What else do you mm-hmm. want to grow? And then it, it helps me to, you know, it's helped me learn how, how to space them out and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. But our honorable mentions, do you think we can go through two of them each real quick? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Kick us off. Ladies first. So my first one is going to, I'm going to, again, follow your lead from Snow Peas. My first one's going to be uh, Sweet Peas. Okay. Like edible sweet peas. And it's, 
an honorable mention because the and I've only grown them successfully, I think, two seasons. But the taste, the flavor, it's it's going to beat every time a pea you're going to get in a can or a yeah. frozen pea. Right. Like it's it's worth the shelling of it. Again, it's just me that I'm, you know, growing these things for. So it's not like I have to have a family of, you know, six, you know, so whatever that labor is to, to shell them. I just I that's the thing. That's the first thing I want to get out there and plant. And I'm just I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm yeah. really excited about it because every package of seeds I have, that's a sweet pea, you know, a sugar pea. I'm throwing out there this season. Like, digging you know, in gonna, it. I'm going all in, man. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um so for me, and this is not a high value crop, but it gets an honorable mention because of how much you can put in one area would be carrots. Mm. So you can plant 16 carrots in a square foot. You, you know, the carrots, depending on the variety as well, you can get pretty large carrots out of that square foot. And you may have to go down a little bit, but those are really good because it's, they're just like you said, they're sweeter. They have more flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, you, there's a wide variety of carrots. You can grow anywhere from baby carrots up to big fat giant carrots. But the fact that you can pack them into a square foot like that really helps to not only fill the refrigerator because they last a long time in the refrigerator as well, like a couple of weeks in the refrigerator mm-hmm. easily <laughs> as long as yeah. you put them in there dry. As long <laughs> as you put them in there dry. So don't leave, put them in there wet. But um, it does not... I mean, dude, you can go buy a five pound bag of carrots for like four or five bucks. So it's not Today. like it's. Yeah. Today you can. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, brother. <laughs> so that that's an honorable mention for me. All right. I have one more. And um, this is reminiscent of some of the things and reasons why I mentioned some others. And it's going to be Swiss chard. Um, there are different varieties. The flavor profile shifts based on the variety my favorite forward hook chart is much more mild and less earthy than kind of like a ruby red chart right i grew peppermint for the first time last year just gorgeous right you know and it's it falls somewhere in between some of these other leafy greens we've talked about as far as like the use yeah um and they are definitely i can grow plants all throughout from spring to basically going into late fall um, however, they perform much better in the cooler weather, you know, so. Yeah, I um, I actually had chard one year. It grew in the shade and all through summer. Mm-hmm. So that was a benefit of that. Now, it's hard for me to come out here and say like, oh, this green, that green, because I kind of use collards, yeah. kale and chard all like interchangeably in my recipes. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say that, but I, I, I could see that because it's another one you can just really pack in there yep. and that's a yep. big benefit to that, you know, which brings me to the last one that I have and that would be turnips, not rutabagas, <laughs> not radishes, but turnips. So rutabagas and radishes are very similar, but the difference is about 60 days in growth time. <laughs> so, you know, and not to mention plant size. So where you're putting roughly two rutabagas in a square foot you're putting four um turnips in a square foot now you're getting a smaller root but you're also going away you know you're also getting more harvest quicker off of that then you can also cook the greens from it a lot of people eat the turnip greens so mm-hmm. there and you can do the same thing with rutabagas but for the simple time and space constraints that they have i would give turnips the wind the wind um you know, I know I said radishes in there and that is not included at all because I don't know. It's just not. <laughs> well, yeah, the, t- the taste of a radish and a rutabaga is different. And I think um, I like the idea of turnips just because I think that it's more palatable. Um, yeah. And I don't remember if you if you eat both, but tops and bottoms, baby. I don't you know, I don't eat the greens the of the turnips. And, yeah. I compost I mesh- them. I'm glad you reminded me about turnips. I'm going to have to go back and look at the pictures. Not last year, but the year before. I lucked out and planted, direct sowed some turnips. And it had to have been sometime in April. Maybe, yeah, it had to have been in April. And it was closer to June when I was harvesting some beautiful leaves and the bottoms. And um, I can almost, I didn't have lunch. So there is that. I can almost taste those turnips that I have for breakfast. 
back in June of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also cut and come again. That ain't high value. I think we need to move it up on the list. <laughs> yeah, really. And you can also cut and come again the greens. So maybe this honorable mention deserves a mention. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, there you go, everybody. That's high value crops for spring. We'll do another one in summer. And I would argue that fall has its own set. If yeah, we think about it. Yeah, as soon as you start talking about the kiss, to, kiss of frost. I mean, yeah. if you believe that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a different story. But, you know, everybody, thank you for listening to us. Check us out. Become a patron if you like. Get an extra episode every month. Join our Facebook group, which is BYG Community Garden. Uh, it is growing. So please join. Did I say it wrong again? Yeah, you did. Oh, what is it? Backyard Gardens Community Garden. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. on facebook so come join us you can find it on the backyard gardens page if you can't remember the name like i can't um all the links below we have a bunch of affiliate links now that have partnered with us so check those out and uh help support the show and until next time everybody i think we've learned to grow and grew for change so here we go see ya now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.